Today in Security from Wired. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Today in Security from Wired. Hacktivism is back and messier than ever. Throughout 2022, geopolitics has given rise to a new wave of politically motivated attacks with an undercurrent of state-sponsored meddling. By Matt Burgess. During its brutal war in Ukraine, Russian troops have burnt cities to the ground, raped and tortured civilians, and committed scores of potential war crimes. On November 23rd, lawmakers across Europe overwhelmingly labeled Russia a state sponsor of terrorism and called for ties with the country to be reduced further. The response to the declaration was instant. The European Parliament's website was knocked offline by a DDoS attack. The unsophisticated attack, which involves flooding a website with traffic to make it inaccessible, disrupted the parliament's website offline for several hours. Pro-Russian hacktivist group Killnet claimed responsibility for the attack. The hacktivist group has targeted hundreds of organizations around the world this year, having some limited small-scale successes knocking websites offline for short periods of time. It's been one player in a bigger hacktivism surge. Following years of sporadic hacktivist activity, 2022 has seen the re-emergence of hacktivism on a large scale. Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine spawned scores of hacktivist groups on both sides of the conflict, while in Iran and Israel, so-called hacktivist groups are launching increasingly destructive attacks. This new wave of hacktivism, which varies between groups and countries, comes with new tactics and approaches and increasingly is blurring lines between hacktivism and government-sponsored attacks. I'm not going to say that hacktivism is dying, but it was definitely withering for some time, says Juan Andres Guerrero Sade, principal threat researcher at security firm Sentinel One. For the past four or five years, Guerrero Sade explains hacktivism has often existed at extremes, low-level disruptions and more sophisticated attacks that could be cover for a nation-state's hacking. You have so many more players in the space and a much beefier middle ground between those two extremes, Guerrero Sade says of the current situation. Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February prompted a surge of hacktivism activity. Legacy hacktivist collective Anonymous was revitalized, but new groups were also formed. Ukraine's unprecedented IT Army, a volunteer group of hackers from around the world, has continuously launched DDoS attacks against Russian targets that are outlined in its Telegram group. In June, a speech by Vladimir Putin was delayed after a cyber attack. Other hacktivist-linked groups have run huge hack-and-leak operations against Russian entities, resulting in hundreds of gigabytes of data from Russia being published online. 
On the other side of the conflict, there are four main pro-Russian hacktivist groups, says Sergei Shaikovich, threat intelligence group manager at security firm Checkpoint. These are Killnet, No Name 057, From Russia with Love, and Zaknet. Killnet is probably the most active of these groups, Shaikovich says. Since April, they have targeted around 650 targets. Only about 5% of them were Ukraine. Its targets, like the European Parliament, have largely been countries that oppose Russia. The group, which mostly uses DDoS attacks, is proactive on Telegram, media-friendly, and appeals to Russian speakers. DDoS attacks still have an outsized place within modern hacktivism. An FBI notification issued in early November says those behind DDoS attacks have minimal operational impact on their victims. Hacktivists often select targets perceived to have a greater perceived impact rather than an actual disruption of operations, the FBI said. In other words, the bark is often worse than the bite. Erica Lonergan, a research scholar at the Saltzman Institute of War and Peace Studies at Columbia University, says the impact of DDoS attacks is often overstated. Media reports can overemphasize the impact of DDoS, making it sound more severe than it is. There's this gap between the hyperbole of the language that's used to talk about the types of attacks that these groups like Killnet are engaged in, and then the reality of their impact, Lonergan says. But it isn't all DDoS. In South America, the Guacamaya hacktivist group claims to have hacked mining companies and leaked their internal emails. The politically motivated Belarusian cyberpartisans, which formed in 2020 following Alexander Lukashenko's election, has innovated as it disrupts Russian and Belarusian efforts linked to the war. The highly organized group became the first to use ransomware for purely political objectives. It has also claimed to have taken data from Russian government organizations and mapped the data of government officials who have backed Lukashenko's regime. Guerrero Sade says the cyber partisans are part of a new style of hacktivists that use targeted sabotage and disruption. To us, it looked very much like they're an authentic group. They're coordinating locally and trying out new ways to actually slow down or disrupt or inconvenience the local government away from supporting the war, Guerrero Sade says. In Iran, the predatory Sparrow group of hackers, which claims to be hacktivists, used a cyber attack to start a fire in a steel factory in July. The move was an incredibly rare use of a cyber attack to cause physical damage. In 2021, the Adalat Ali hacktivist group hacked and leaked CCTV footage from the notorious Evan political prison. The incidents were part of a larger series of cyber attacks between Iran and Israel. They show the potential extremes of hacktivism. Checkpoint's Shaikovich says much of the hacktivism seen in 2022 can be classified as state-affiliated hacking. In most cases, it's difficult to tell if this group is guided or sponsored by a specific state organization, Shaikovich says. But most of those groups, they have very clear pro- or anti-regime narrative. Working out who is behind a cyber attack of any kind is always complex and difficult for organizations to do. Attackers often try to disguise their activity or hide it from view. However, there is evidence some hacktivists are linked to individual countries. Researchers suspect Predatory Sparrow is linked to a government, for instance. Meanwhile, security firm Mandiant believes that the pro-Russian groups Zaknet, InfoCenter, and Cyber Army of Russia all coordinate their operations with Russia's GRU military hackers. The Cyber Army of Russia launched DDoS attacks against U.S. organizations around the November midterm elections, with Zaknet and Kilnet also trying to influence the elections, Mandiant claims. They can be used in witting and unwitting ways by governments for political purposes, Lonergan says. 
Killnet, for example, on the Russian side, has been pretty explicit in its Telegram channels of disavowing direct links with Moscow. But at the same time, they follow the implicit rules of the road of Russian cyber proxy groups. Russian cybercrime groups rarely attack Russian targets, and the Kremlin has largely turned a blind eye to them. The result is that while hacktivist groups are becoming more sophisticated in testing new tools, there is increasing uncertainty about their origins. There will be more hacktivism groups that will be more affiliated with governments, Shaikovich says. Generally, this year, the lines between what is governmental attack, hacktivism, and cybercrime have completely blurred. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more security news at wired.com security. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.